return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. You here and your husband, hallelujah. So let's welcome Deb Kalsbeck as she comes to share here tonight for us. Amen. Praise God. <clears throat> now that your ears are back to normal, <laughs> should I be moving? What should I be doing? Turn off the mics. The other mics. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, we just keep praising the Lord till it gets normal, right? Yeah. Glory. That's right. Glory, glory, glory. Okay. Well, we're going to start tonight. We usually have some declarations at the end, but we're going to actually start with a few tonight. Get you a little warmed up. Now, what's a declaration? It's an agreement with God's word. We're never going to experience something higher until we believe something higher. We're never going to believe something higher until we think something higher. We're not going to think something higher until we hear something higher. And you know what? You might as well hear it out of your own mouth. Amen. All right. So here's a couple. Um, and your brain might be going tilt, tilt once in a while, but that's okay. Because like I said, we want to hear the higher thing. Amen. So here we go. I have the mind of Christ. I have the That's Bible, you know. Amen. I am complete in Christ. I am more than a conqueror. I am more than a conqueror. More than a conqueror through him who loved me. More than a conqueror through him who loved me. Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. The law of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Father, I praise you that your word is true, absolutely true. I thank you that your word is powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Lord, your word is alive and it's powerful. And I thank you that it's changing us. It's transforming us. It's renewing us. It's restoring us and reviving us and rejuvenating us. And I praise you, Lord Jesus. Thank you that even tonight you're going to instill just a little bit more faith Amen. in our hearts to receive that wonderful yes, word for Lord. us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So these are just a few of the truths we've been renewing our minds with. Why? Because the enemy is consistently and constantly coming with his lies. I mean, he hasn't changed his tactic in how many years? Same old tactic, lie after lie after lie. So we're going to relentlessly renew our minds with the words of life and the words of truth. We're going to put an end to the untruths in our minds. Why? Because our hearts then will come into faith. And faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Your world, my world, the world around us. I don't know if you realize it, but it is a fixed game. 
It is. We are the winners. We are the winners. And every single bit of overcoming grace we're ever going to need to overcome has already been released to us. Hallelujah. And this marvelous process of transformation that God set up is not hard. It's not hard. One lady called it like spoon feeding a baby. You just have to get the spoon in. (laughs) We just... We get to read these love letters and savor them and meditate on them. And then the Holy Ghost does all the rest. He transforms us from the inside out. We want to meditate on them until they're engrafted into our souls. Hallelujah. And this transformation, it's not just this little, 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 tiny little thing. I mean, God's word talks about from glory to glory. From one degree of splendor to another. Look at your neighbor and say, I see the splendor. Hallelujah. (laughs) Yes, you do. Oh, by the way, my son is with us tonight. Alex, wave your hand. And, and And Steve's sister, Dawn, and her husband, Henry, and their son, Aaron, all from Racine, Wisconsin. Yeah, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. So, Jeannie you, were, Jeannie, you were sharing recently with the women about how we as the gardener get to decide what kind of seeds grow in our garden. She also used the phrase, we are the DJs of our own brain. We get to decide what music, what words are going on in the channel, or you can just change the channel. Novel thought, right? <laughs> We are also the computer programmer. Whatever we put in is what's going to come out. And that's literal, friends. The seeds we sow are what will grow. And what we think determines what we will experience. So we've been talking about some of these lies that we tend to believe even as kingdom people. And we need to replace all of those with truth. So I'm just going to start by reviewing some of these. I think we went over like eight of them last time. I don't think it's going to be boring because it's still the word, right? And because the enemy, I was reading the other day, um, 60,000 thoughts you have a day. Did you know that? 60,000. This guy figured it out at 2,000 per hour. I don't know. Are you still thinking while you sleep? (laughs) If you are, then you can calculate that. Otherwise, yours might be closer to 4,000 per hour, right? Anyway. Constantly, these thoughts keep coming. So we can believe that our sins, that our failures, our mistakes are so big, so massive, that the blood of Jesus just can't handle it. That we're just not worthy. We can't pray. Just stay away from the throne of grace. Or, or we can believe that we are forgiven, that we are cleansed, that we are washed, that we are unquestionably free. In fact, the Bible declares that we are the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. That's just amazing. Amazing. Number two, we can give heed to the enemy's lie that something is uniquely wrong with you. Have you heard that one? There's something uniquely wrong with you. It's impossible to work with you. That's the enemy. No. God says there's something uniquely right about you, and that's why Jesus died for you. Hallelujah. You are uniquely loved. You are uniquely cherished, and you are set apart and kept 
by the power of God. And every one of his intentions for you is good. Amen. Every single one. Everyone. Number three, we can believe that we are victims. Victims of bad people, bad circumstances. Like if it was that mother. I hear that from this one person a lot. If I just wouldn't have had that upbringing, if I just wouldn't have grown up in that town, I mean, it can go on and on and on, friends. And the enemy is an expert at this, getting us to blame, getting us to feel like we are the victim. But the truth is, friends, Jesus said, I give you power. I give you authority over all the power of the devil. Jesus was the ultimate victim. He took it all. And when he said it is finished, he meant it's done. All the, the shame, all the guilt, everything. And what word did you use? Um, I said all the guilt. The guilt, all of it. Every single bit of it. And we are truly what the Bible says, more than conquerors through him who loved us. The fourth one we talked about is this realm of sickness. The devil will come and say this, and even the religious circles. This is from God. He's trying to teach you something. This is a lesson that he wants you to learn. This is God's will for you to be sick. Friends, have you prayed the Lord's Prayer recently? May your will be done on earth. Like this is an earthen temple. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And last time I checked, there is no sickness in heaven. God cannot give what he doesn't have. You can hardly go one page without running into the healing God. That's who he is. Every stripe Jesus bore was for our healing. Every one. Matthew 8, 17. I haven't even used you yet, Jeremy, tonight. Sorry. New American Standard Bible says it like this. And this is the New Testament. Quoting from the book of Isaiah. He himself, talking about Jesus, took our illnesses and carried away our diseases. Praise God. Number five, we can listen to the lie that life is hard and affliction is our lot. And I told you my personal testimony when I lost my baby and how this brother walked in, a beautiful brother who I, I really... He's a good, good guy. But he said to me, life is so hard, Debbie. It's going to be just one battle after the other. And it's never going to stop. And, uh, you know, I put it on the shelf. And I thought, well. And, and yeah, it took me a little longer maybe than others to grieve. I don't know, because all these lies were going through my head. It's your fault. If you wouldn't have done this, da 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 on and on and on. You deserve this and whatever. But then the Lord came to me with that wonderful verse in Proverbs 15, 15. And that talks about these two mindsets again. All the days of the afflicted are evil. That's a one mindset. And then the other mindset is the second half of that verse that says, but he that has a merry heart has a continual feast. Glory to God. I thank you, Lord, for the feast. Just the the feast on his faithfulness constantly. Number six, we can be convinced we're at a disadvantage. That we're coming up short, that there's not enough. Or we can trust completely that Jesus took care of it. The most high God. 
We are in covenant with the same one who uses gold for pavement on his streets. I was reading the other day the difference between a contract and a covenant. You know, if you want to buy a vacuum, anybody have that vacuum and salesman come to your house? He told me he sold 50 of them in Brookings. None of you? Wow. Yeah, just recently. Yeah, well, he was a nice guy. We served him lunch, but I told him at the door, I said, you know, you could be the best salesman in the world, but I will not buy. (laughs) Anyway, we had a bad experience a couple years ago, so I was not going to buy one. Anyway, you can sign on the dotted line. Yes, I want a vacuum. But if you don't put the money down, the contract's broken. Buying a house, same thing. You sign on a line, right? If you don't put your down payment down, you don't go any further than that. The covenant is different, friends. We have this amazingly faithful God who keeps covenant even when we're faithless. Did I give you that scripture in 2 Timothy? 2 Timothy 2, 11, 12, 13. We've actually got the kids in the back memorizing this right now. If we died with him, We shall also live with him. If we endure, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. For he cannot deny himself. He cannot. Glory to God. Number seven, we can have bitter hearts. It's a choice, friends. It's a choice. I can stay bitter. I can say to myself, because it has to do with faith. Like that lousy, rotten, terrible thing they said or did, there's not enough grace to cover it. Or we can live with forgiving hearts, understanding that that grace is magnificent. What Paul said, it came to me like a tidal wave. Hallelujah. Believe that Jesus already outdid, undid, and overdid everything the enemy ever accomplished in our life. Number eight, we can see ourselves as lacking, inadequate, And incomplete. Has the enemy tried that one on you recently? (laughs) We can believe the lies that we're unempowered and unanointed, not capable, not able, can't. Or we can come into agreement with God. When the angel came to Gideon and said, you mighty man of valor, and he turns and he says, uh, you are way off base. You do not know what you're talking He's saying this to God. Yeah. Now, what would God say about you? That's right. What might he call you? Yeah. And we're thinking, oh, not me. And, it, you know, there are some circles where it's considered the humble thing, you know, to say, I'm not pretty, I'm not intelligent, I'm not capable. But the truth is we are mighty in God. We are complete in Christ. We are filled with all the fullness of God. Have you meditated on that verse lately? Filled with all the fullness of God. Oh my goodness. Hallelujah. Anointed and enabled by the very same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Thank you, Lord. Now, I think last time I told you I had one more I was going to share, but I'm, I'm actually going to save that for next time because I was meditating on these eight, thinking to myself, you know, they all have this similarity because they're all based, the bottom line in every one of them is this 
what I called at the very beginning, walking out of the scarcity mentality. Now, I guess we can call it different things. A couple weeks ago, Pastor Dave preached on, you called it putting limits on God. Some will call it the poverty spirit. The dictionary defines scarcity as having an inadequate supply, being at deficit, falling short. And the truth is that kind of thinking is going to limit our ability to receive from God. Those kind of thoughts make it impossible to walk in freedom, impossible to receive and walk in divine health, impossible to experience and live in the abundance of God. Now, while I'm talking, can you look up uh, John 10.10? I didn't write that one down, but it's kind of the basis of where we're going to go here. I don't really think, say it again, King James is just fine. Um, I don't think any of us purposely sit there. Now, I am going to think, I am going to be one of those people who lives in scarcity mentality. No, we don't plan that. But the enemy subtly comes in with all of these thoughts and these ideas. And the enemy's favorite mantra is what? Not enough. I am too busy. I don't have enough time. I didn't get enough sleep. I don't have enough friends. I don't have enough education. I don't have enough experience. I don't have enough good looks or whatever you think you don't have enough of. The bottom line, I mean, I I listed off these eight things, these eight ideas, but if if we went back to the top and just outlined it into two mentalities, we would call one scarcity mentality and the other, which we're all aiming for, is living in the abundance of God. God. Hallelujah. We can see ourselves as a fish just swimming against the current like everything's against me. I'm just trying to get there. Or we can see ourselves swimming in the current of God's favor and God's blessing. Hallelujah. Now, the, the first time I ever heard Jeannie preach on favor, it blew me away. Like, talk about the high thing. Like, my brain's going tilt, tilt, favor? A throne of favor? Well, I heard about it was called the throne of grace. I mean, grace is undeserved favor, right? But favor, I mean, doesn't that give you a whole different picture, a whole different mentality? And um, the Bible starts talking about the favor of God surrounding us like a shield. Wow. Steve Bachman recently said that uh, the higher thing that we hear, that like that favor in my life, when I heard it, I mean, I'm thinking, impossible. It just, it just can't be as good as what she's talking about. But he said that any time we hear this high thing, we're going to be tempted to say, ridiculous, impossible. It's kind of like Gideon, right? What did he say to the angel? You are way wrong. I'm, I'm going to set you straight. I'm the least in the family. And he gave up this whole long list. And every one of us could do the same thing when God comes and says, I want to pour favor in your life. Yeah. Hallelujah. Abraham and Sarah, when they heard God's big plan for their life, they laughed. Yeah, they did. It's kind of crazy, God. Are you sure? Yeah. Yes. 
But you got to hang in there, friends, and you got to keep pressing in for that high thing that God wants to give you. That's really what renewing our minds is all about. At first, those high thoughts seem ridiculous and impossible, but if it's in God's word, I dare you to just keep at it. Keep declaring it. we got to hear it out of our own mouth. Well, of course, if you want to put it on a recorder and let the recorder play, that's okay too, I guess, right? The goal is a prosperous soul, and it was so interesting that Jeannie had this word today that you sent to everybody about the prosperous soul. I'm thinking, really? This is kind of cool. I was studying a book that I got a couple um, months ago about the power of the tithe and how God promises to open the windows of heaven. I think Joel Osteen's the one that talks about that same phrase. It's only used one other time in the Bible, and that is the flood. When there was this deluge of water coming from the top and the bottom and everywhere. That's what God wants. He wants to give us this flood tide of blessing. And so then he gave this verse, and that's what I got up here. Whoops, I better let you all read John 10.10 first a minute, right? The thief, the enemy, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his M.O. I am come, says Jesus, that you might have life and have it more abundantly, abundantly, abundantly. Okay, can we peek at 3 John, verse 2? Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So who's talking here? John. Well, every word of Scripture is given by inspiration of God, Yes, yeah, so I would like you to look at this a little different because that's what I finally did that day. I said, what? This is you talking to me, God? You wish above all things? Amen. He wishes above all things that you would prosper and that you would be in health even as your soul prospers. Hallelujah. I mean, soul. Remember what soul means? The mind, will, and the emotions. So God wants our minds to prosper. A few of those 60,000 thoughts a day... Have to be truth, friends. We want our mind and our will and our emotions to prosper. How are we doing for time? Okay, so remember when I did this study on victim mindsets and I told you up front that I was pretty sure I had it all under control. And then when I did my in-depth study, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I have a little work left here. (laughs) Same thing happened now with this scarcity mentality. So I went online and checked out what all the professionals are saying. What are some clues for scarcity mentality, because I'm guessing that a whole bunch of you are thinking, not me, I do not have this problem. But just listen, you might have a couple things that show up. Okay, here's the first one. W-O-R-R-Y. Worry. So I know none of you ever worry. But we got to start paying attention, right? Because if it's been going on hour after hour after hour... And we're worried about something, and we're trying to figure it out. Um, One of the number one things we have to do, friends, is recognize that it's there. And then reveal it. Now, this is, I'm going to be honest, I got this little part from Connie Jones, who was involved in the, anybody listen to Igniting Hope Live? I think that's what they call it on Facebook. Anyway, she says it's the five R's. Recognize it, reveal it relinquish it, replace it. 
Okay, so once you recognize it, oh, yep, I realize I'm worrying, then you got to put it into language. Now, what are you worried about? Just pretend. Say you got this electric bill, like, and you've been worried about, how am I going to pay this electric bill? I might, I might have to sell this. I might have to do this. I just don't think so. You know, and then she says, put it into language. Just put it out there. Lord, this electric bill is too big for you. I don't think you can handle this. And then all of a sudden you realize, ridiculous. An electric bill bigger than God. Because if it's still in our head and we're not giving place to it and and it's hidden up there, then it sounds true. Or say um, she was giving an example about being a homeschool mom and watching these videos and seeing these women with their hair done beautiful and all their makeup on and their kids sitting around the table all perfectly behaved. And she's, she's sitting here thinking to herself, I'm a terrible mother. God loves her more than me. But then when she did what she's talking about here, put it out there. Just say it. Lord, it looks to me. I think that maybe you love her more than me. Well, then you can hear it sounds a little ridiculous. And then you laugh. That's the secret of relinquishing it. Laugh at it. Should we try a ha, ha, ha? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Or when you're thinking to yourself, my husband doesn't love me. Just put that out into words. We can do little tests with each other, friends. Well, yeah, I'm getting off track here. All right. So laugh. Recognize it, reveal it, then laugh. It's really a weapon, guys. It's a weapon of warfare. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, so here's number two clue. Being judgmental and critical. So you got to listen to yourself, because if you hear anything nasty, and even that tone of voice, right? She is so spoiled. He gets everything he wants. Whatever. I mean, I I remember uh, a parent saying to me once about a piano teacher in town, she's so greedy. Well, those kind of things are mental. That's scarcity mentality, friends. It's just, it is. And before I forget, the one that showed up, um, there was another one that I honestly don't have typed up here because I was going to kind of ignore it, but it was actually revealing of one of my situations. If you are undercharging for a skill that you have, that's a clue of have scarcity mentality. Can you believe it? Yeah. Okay. And then jealousy. If anything creeps up like you're feeling jealous of somebody else, that's mindset of scarcity. What we want to do if we have a prosperous soul, if we're walking in the abundance of God in this mentality, we will celebrate other people's victories. Come on. We'll actually pray for and be glad when others are doing well. And sometimes it's like God just sets it up. Like, say you've been believing God for years, or whatever it is, a mate maybe, or whatever, and your friend dates for two weeks, and there they are, engaged, ready to be married. You know, if things like this happen, it's sometimes it's set up from God to break off a lie. Like, okay, I got this issue, Lord. Take care of it for me. Hallelujah. Here's sign number three. A person who overspends or a person who underspends. Now, I think we're all aware of the underspender. Maybe you know somebody like that, kind of. (laughs) 
I love it, Steve. <laughs> okay. Who's really kind of tight. <laughs> but an overspender is also dealing with the scarcity mentality because they're concerned. Or get this, here's the third one. One who never balances their checkbook. <laughs> Isn't that something? Because these are all signs of a scarcity mentality. I'm not going to give you solutions. I'm just, I mean, we, what we need to do is get into the Word of God. And as far as this whole matter of giving, spending, we have to follow God's plan, right? Yeah. Pay yeah. the tithe. Yeah. Give our offerings. Yeah. We are going to steward. We are stewards. We have to give account for everything Amen. that's going through our hands, right? Amen. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Now, I mentioned this seeing ourselves as this fish swimming against the current. Not only do we want to see ourselves and declare ourselves blessed and favored, but we really need to see ourselves as channels of the blessing. Because God would like nothing more than to just put all those blessings and just give them some more and some more and some more so he can channel them through you to the real needs in the world. Hallelujah. And, of course, people who live in the abundance of God are truly grateful people. Truly grateful people. People who express with their hearts and their mouths how thankful they are. And here's another little interesting thing. I read that people who have a difficult time worshiping and engaging in worship and praising the Lord are actually dealing with this scarcity mentality. Because the thought is, okay, well, this hasn't happened yet. I still don't have this. God didn't come through for me in this. And until this, 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 and this happens, I'm not going to worship the Lord. Now, friends, we, that, that's got to that's gotta change. Amen. Because if you don't remember anything else that I say tonight, friends, yeah. God is worthy to be worshipped and worthy Amen. to be praised. Yes. And that will change your life like nothing else. Learning to engage with God in worship. Hallelujah. Tell him how thrilled you are by his love. You can just say that at least 50 times. (laughs) Thank you, Lord, for loving me. Okay, number five, and this is probably connected, but people with this scarcity mentality have trouble giving of themselves. They can't smile. They can't be kind. They can't invest in other people. Because they're convinced they don't have enough. They're not blessed, they're not favored, so there's nothing to give away. But the scripture says, 2 Timothy 1 verse 3, His divine power has granted us, past tense friends, everything. Everything we'll ever need. Can we get the other scripture up here? 2 Peter 1 verse 3. There it is. Thank you so much. His divine power has granted to us, that's you and me, everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. So we really got to get to know our God. That's really the bottom line here, right? Through the true knowledge of him. He's a good God. He's a good father. Hallelujah. Amen. I, I want to share a quick insight. Steve Bachman had this the other day on his podcast. He was sharing from the, what's that called? Hebrews chapter 12. The cloud of witnesses. And he was talking about what each one of those people would have to say to us today. 
And the one about Jacob blew me away. So pretend, here's Jacob. He's standing in front of you. And this is what he'd say. The one thing you have to wrestle for in your lifetime, the one most important thing to wrestle for is who does God say that you are? Oh, my goodness. That was just powerful. Who does God say that you are? Praise God. Here's number six. People who must have instant gratification. I deserve it. I want it. It's got to be now. Or this is another one. People who feel like they need a reward. Now, maybe maybe this has actually crossed your mind. Um, I had such a hard day. I deserve this ice cream sundae. (laughs) After that terrible thing that just happened to me, I am going to go down to my computer and I'm going to buy that $2,000 gadget that I've been wanting. Who cares whether I have the money or not? I mean, that's the kind of, that's scarcity mentality. Interesting, huh? Here's number seven, another kind of obvious clue, and we're probably going to talk about this at length next time, is emotions. Every one of these truths and lies have emotions attached to them. If it's truth from God's word, it's going to come along with God's stuff, life, joy, peace, hope. If it's a lie, friends, it's going to come along with depression, discouragement, hopelessness. So, these are red flags, by the way. If you've been thinking on something and all of a sudden you're feeling yourself go down, 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 you probably have been meditating on something that is not true. Now, um, when this stuff happens... Don't treat it like, well, it's like the engine light on your car. When it goes off in your car, is it announcing, you're a terrible driver, get off the road? No. It's not saying, sell that car, you should never drive again. No, what it's saying is there's a little problem under the hood. That's right. Take care of it. That's right. Amen. Yeah, that's good. Hallelujah. That's good. Hallelujah. So let's end with this verse, Romans 15, 13, because, you know, that, that engine light in the car again. Why does it go off? Because it's saying, uh, we've got some trips to take. We've got places to go. And God is saying, hey, I've got a destiny that I want fulfilled in your life. I've got purposes that I want fulfilled in you. So let's take care of this stuff. So here's this wonderful scripture. It says, may the God of hope fill you with just a itty bitty bitty bit of joy, all joy and all peace in believing that you may have a tiny, 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 tiny little bit of hope. No, he wants it to abound. I looked that word up, guys. In the Greek, it means to expand and to increase. To fit the need. God is not stingy. He doesn't want you having just a little bit of hope. He wants it abounding in your life. Glory, glory, glory to God. So we got a couple. Can we get done with this in 60 seconds, maybe? All right, say it with me. I am a child of the Most High God. In covenant with El Shaddai. In covenant with El Shaddai. 
I lack no good thing. My every need is met. According to his riches in glory. Now that's not your checkbook, friends. And it's sure not what your neighbor down the street thinks. It's his riches in glory. Hallelujah. My every emotional need is met. My every financial need is met. My every relationship need is met. My every physical need is met. In Christ. His divine power has already granted to me everything that pertains to life and godliness. The favor of God surrounds me like a shield. And the blessings of God overtake me. Hey, can you see that? Can you see that? The, say it again with me. The blessings of God overtake me. And those blessings are pouring from my hands to others in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Father, Father, Father. Hallelujah. Stand up with me. We praise you. We praise you, Jesus, for your plan. Your plan from the beginning of time to transform us from glory to glory, from strength to strength, from, from one degree of splendor even to another. Praise God. We pledge ourselves, Lord, to put in the word, to read it, to think it, to speak it, to sing it, and to believe it. And I thank you, Lord, for the glorious work you're doing in this, your glorious people, in Jesus' holy name. Amen. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'll be glad to agree with anybody if you need some prayer. Otherwise, have a wonderful week. Amen. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife@brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., Also, Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.